I'm excited because last week we had a, a man of God come powerfully and gave a, gave a powerful word to the congregation of Calvary Christian Fellowship. And um, it was impossible for you to sit in that service and, and, not, and not pick some of that stuff that he was talking about up. I mean, he was speaking about vision and he was sharing about vision and he started to, to, to like, I mean, I know that he wanted to explode, but he did it. So I was excited because as he began to speak and as he began to talk about vision, I started to get a vision in my mind and in my spirit. And God started to show me how Calvary Christian Fellowship, a lot of us are pregnant. Amen. Don't look at it literally because a lot of you aren't pregnant with a baby, but you're pregnant with a vision. I said you're pregnant with a vision. When God started to speak to me, he says that the house of Calvary now is in a position of labor. When he spoke to me, he showed me how a lot of us are, are in a process within us. And, and um, you know, we're, 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 we're starting to get it. But we're not there yet. And, and, and we're not, no, we don't understand what's going on within us, what's happening in our worship time, what's happening in our prayer time. And, and you know, we're just going about life kind of wobbly. And, and a lot of us are in that season now where, where we're getting an opportunity to do something different. Amen? Amen? Calvary is in a season of doing something different. As the man of God started to talk about vision, he gave me Donald Trump. And how Donald Trump has a vision to be in the White House. And the man of God started to share that when you're around somebody that has a vision, they cannot stand still. When, when you have a vision, it's impossible for you to stand still. It's impossible for you to just sit there and do nothing. You have to go out and start to push towards what you see. So is what you see. So when you look at Donald Trump, yeah, he's making a lot of silly mistakes. And he's doing a lot of silly stuff. But... Can't nobody talk him out of running for presidentship because in his vision, he is sold out for that. In his mind, he sees himself sitting on a chair. The power of vision. When a boxer gets ready for a fight, he visualizes the fight in his mind. And he's saying, okay, in round five, I'm going to be all right because I'm going to let go of a lot of energy. But I'm, I'm holding myself back because once the sixth, seventh, and eighth, and ninth round comes, I want to be able to have some strength. Just in case I get him weak enough, I'm going to be able to knock out, lock him out. Amen? Amen? So the power of vision helps you see from this point to that point. The power of vision helps you live different. It helps you stand different. It helps you not focus on the gibberish that's around you, but helps you focus on the end result. You see, when you focus on the end result, people and their negativity won't attach themselves to you. Because you're not focused on what people are saying. You're focused on the end result. And I'm here to let you know that Calvary Christian Fellowship is in a season of a vision. There is a vision that was spoken about since the beginning. We've been around for almost 30 years, maybe even more. But there was a vision. Somebody had to stand in agreement with the vision of Calvary Christian Fellowship. And now what you're starting to see is the, is the outcome of the vision manifests itself from the spiritual into the natural. 
You're starting now to stand in the vision that they've been praying for for years. They've been fasting for for years. They've been standing in the gap for for years. You see, I was a part of that vision 10 years ago, and now I'm standing in the promise of a vision that was spoken out. You see, it's impossible for you to be in this season and CCF and not understand that you are standing in a vision. There's a reason why you're here today. There's a reason why you got up. You didn't get up because you wanted to hear somebody speak. You got up because there was a vision in your mind that you wanted to see God do something in this building. So when I thought about the vision, God showed me how, how we are in, in, a, in, in a pregnant position. Because the reason why you, when you see a baby, what's the first thing you say? Oh, my God. You're pregnant. Congratulations. What are you having is the next thing. Is it a boy or is it a girl? And then the mom goes, I don't care what it is, as long as it's healthy. You see, a lot of us have something within us. And this is not just a message for women. This is a message for men. Because there's something in men that ignites an atmosphere of of breakthrough within a building. And there's something within a woman that they know how to just bring it in a a nice season of motherhood. And they can nourish it and help it grow. And and that's how you make a healthy baby. It's a mommy and a daddy. So you are probably saying, well, I'm I'm not a mom and I'm not a woman. So how can I be pregnant? Well, you can be pregnant with vision. You can have vision within you that that needs to come out. You can have that inside of you, right? You can have something in you that just stirs you up. That every single time somebody starts to speak into that very thing you're feeling, you start to get excited and you don't really know what's happening. See, what I'm trying, don't look at it literally. Look, start to look at it through your spiritual lenses. Open that up. How the man of God said last week, look through the spiritual lenses. Because God is speaking to you in a spiritual place. You're looking for it to hit you. It's not going to hit you. You need to get into prayer to hear what God is saying. You need to get into the next dimension to see what God is doing. So as I was praying and I was asking God, he brought me to this verse in John 16, 21, 3. And the verse says like this. When women give birth, she has a hard time. Can somebody say amen? Amen. How many women gave birth in here? Raise your hand. Jesus. I got backup, Lord. I'm good. So when a woman gives birth, she has a hard time. There's no getting around it. But when the baby is born, there is joy in the birth. This new life in the world wipes out the memory of pain. The sadness you have right now is similar to that pain, but the coming joy is also similar. When I see you again, you will be full of joy and it will be a joy when no one can rob from you. You'll no longer be so full of questions. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. God, have your way today. I want to move out of the way. Let your Holy Spirit take over. I want you to speak to your body. I want to speak to your congregation, Lord. Have your way, O Lord. Let me be empty and you fill me up with your word and your glory, God. That somebody will walk out of here ready with expectation, Lord. So I thank you for what you're going to do in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. As I thought about what should I title this, God said, tell them expectation. Look to your neighbor and say expectation. Because when a, woman is, when a woman is pregnant, she's expecting. She's expecting something to come out of there. Amen. 
when a woman is getting ready to plant the seed, when a man is getting ready to plant the seed in a woman, he is expecting to release vision. Release the vision that he has for his seed, his legacy, his generations. He's looking to plant it within the woman. And the woman is looking to deliver the expectation. When one has a vision, they have the power to birth a new life. When you have vision, you literally have power to birth a new life within you. Um, um, uh, Medea, what's his name? Uh, Tyler Perry? Tyler Perry, he was in his car. He was in his car writing plays. He was homeless. Nobody knew about that. But you probably don't know that. You probably just see him dressing up as Medea and think he was always like that. No, 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 no. He had a lot of hard days. He had a lot of struggling days. But he was standing on the power of the vision that God has placed inside of him that one day I'll be in Broadway. With every single play that I wrote, I see myself in Broadway. And I'm sold out to the end result of my vision. And no matter what happens, I might be sleeping in a car. I might have to iron my shirt against the seat of the car. I might have to fill up the tires. I might have to be through some cold days. Nothing can stand in the way of his vision. And now when you look at him, he's one of the highest paid people in that industry. Why? His power, the vision that he has inside of him was in him and nobody can stop him. There is power in the vision of Calvary. And I'm letting you know now that I'm serving notice to the enemy that you will not stop Calvary Christian Fellowship for fulfilling the end result of the vision that God has placed within this church. In order to birth a new baby in reality, you have to pass through something called a transition period. Ladies, say amen. The transition period is tricky, and I'm going to explain why. A transition period is when a woman's water breaks, and she is now laying in bed waiting for contractions to come and begin pushing for the baby to come out. The Lord told me that we are in a transition. We are in a transition. Our water has broken in the spirit, and we are in a transition period. We are in a posture of vision and expectation. Somebody say amen. We are in a transition. There is a new move. There is a new way, a new direction, a new hunger, a new praise, a new raising of the hands, a new standing in the gap, a new trusting God, a new believing in his word, a new believing in his people, a new believing in the church. I believe that God is doing something new. We are in transition. Hallelujah. And Psalms 22, 9 says, yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you. Even at my mother's breath, from birth, I was cast upon you from my mother's womb. You have been my God. Psalms 127.3 says, Behold, children are heritage from the Lord, for the fruit of the womb is a reward. There is a reward inside of you. There is a reward in your vision. Don't you understand that if you don't start focusing on the vision inside of you, you will never see the result and the reward over your life. Stop listening to the nonsense. Start focusing on the vision. Start focusing on the promise that God has placed inside of you. Don't you understand that the enemy will like to distract you? The enemy would like for you not to believe that you can become something that God is saying you can't become. And you rather listen to what the enemy is saying, that you're trash, that you ain't nobody, and not focus on the fact that God says, I have plans to prosper you, plans to help you grow, plans to make you better, plans to overcome. I want to give you life and life in abundance. You're telling me that doesn't sound better than what the enemy has for us? Destruction, distraught, enemies, cancer, sickness, all types of stuff. Let me reject this. Let me accept this. God, bring what you got for me. I want to stand in your promise. I want to stand in your vision. I want to stand in your purpose. 
I'm telling you, stop listening to the enemy. Ecclesiastic 11.5 says, as you do not know that the, the way the spirit comes to the bones in the womb of a woman with a child, so do you not know the work of the Lord who makes everything. God makes everything, everything. He gives the spirit. He breathes it right there in the womb of the woman and he begins to prosper. Oh, God. Jeremiah said that I knew the plants. Come on. He knew exactly who you were going to be in the womb of your mother. In the womb of your mother, there was, there's a spirit falling upon you guys that is landing right here. And God is saying that I'm already preparing you to become exactly who I have called you to be. Somebody look at your stomach and say, reward, come out. Reward, come out. Reward, come out. Reward, come out. Come on, come on. Believe it when you say it. Reward, come out. Come on, come on, come on. You're not going to be able to see the promise if you don't start speaking it out of your mouth. Reward, come out of here. Come on, I know you in here somewhere. Reward, I need you to come out. I want to see the blessings that the Lord has for me. I'm tired of standing on garbage. I want to stand in promise. Speak to your reward. Speak to it. Speak to it in the name of Jesus. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Don't you understand that the vision has for you is the same thing that's aligned in heaven. Oh, Lord Jesus, have your way. The vision that is inside of you. Come on. What came out of the woman? Jesus came out of the woman. The reason why you're here is because Jesus, is a, he, he was alive and he died. And now you're here worshiping, knowing who he is. Don't you understand that when the vision comes out, it comes out perfect. It comes out mighty. It comes out everlasting. Father, it comes out prince of peace. Don't you understand that what is inside of you is greatness. God said that he made us in his likeness and in his image. So what does that mean? Everything that comes out of me is supposed to represent the glory of God. It's not supposed to present everything that you think it is. I'm not supposed to dance in the pole or pick up the cigarette. I'm supposed to drop that, lift up my hands, pray to God, praise him, and know that what he's doing in my life is because of the glory that's coming out of me. It's the glory that's coming out of you. Don't you understand that people for a lifetime have spoke negativity to you? So what you feel that's coming out is exactly what they spoke. Well, I come to rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I cast it out. I call it forward and noid. Now I'm speaking life into the body. I'm speaking life that the, the, the Lord's word shall prevail. That no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. That we serve a mighty God, a king of kings, a lord of lords, the great I am, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, a mighty God, Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Teskenu, Jehovah Haban. Oh God, you are the great I am and I worship you in spirit and in truth. Stop listening to the ruckus. Hecabog 2.2 says, and the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. If you have a vision, write it down. It's okay, don't worry about it. If you have a vision, write it down. Write it down. Take a piece of paper, take a pen, put it down on a piece of paper. Write your vision. Write your vision. Write what God, even if it seems silly to you, you never know what's going to come out of that vision that you write. It can't be stuck here. It got to be stuck there. Then when people look at it, they go, man, you really want to do all of that? You see what I'm saying? You want to know why? Because as I was born into this world, oh, Lord, people called me a retard. They called me dumb. They said I wasn't going to make it. They labeled me and my brother the trash brothers. But now we're not trash brothers. Now we're mighty men of God. 
You're not listening to me. That everything that people have spoken in your life was false. Now I'm coming to give you the truth. And the truth is the word of God. What does the Bible say? That people are saved. And whoever is saved is saved in spirit and in truth. In truth. So I'm telling you the truth. That you are not what people say that you are. You are what God says you are. And it comes from your vision. Write it down. Joel 2.28 says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. Come on, don't you understand that what we see today, them kids dancing, that's a vision that this church has from the beginning of its existence? Don't you understand that this is what the church is supposed to be about? Take the kids off the corner. Bring them into the church. Teach them about the word of God. Teach them love and not hate. We're raising savages now because we're not instilling the word of God. We're just worrying about our own issues, our own frustrations, and we're not focusing on our children. Turn off the TV. Bring them into the room and tell your children how much you love them, how much you care about them, how much they mean to you, how much you're just grateful just to have them. Don't you understand that when you gave birth, you had pain in that birth, but what you birthed out was a blessing that no one can steal from you. And then you're telling me that you can't take five minutes out of your day just to give him a hug and a kiss and say, mommy loves you. Daddy loves you. And no matter what happens, I got your back, child. Don't worry about it. You don't got to go to the street to get the love. You can get it right here. You don't got to go to the pole to get the love. You can get it right here in the name of Jesus. Jeremiah 29 says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, the plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. God wants to give you a future and a hope. I get frustrated when I hear people say, God doesn't love me. Are you kidding me? He sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for your sins, for the things that you're struggling with. Jesus paid the price. He paid the price on Calvary Rock. He Come on now. How is that not love? How is that not love? What makes you think he wants to hide his word from you? The Bible says that if you knock, he shall open. If you seek, you shall find. If you ask, you shall receive. You can't sit here and tell me God doesn't love you. It's because you're not knocking. It's because you're not seeking. It's because you're not asking. And I bet you that if you begin to do those principles, you'll start to see the glory of God in your life. In your life. Don't you understand? I couldn't read. I couldn't talk right. Every word was a curse word. I'm standing in front of you and it's been about 15 minutes. I haven't cursed. I just been giving glory to God. Why is that? Because the Lord is within me. I'm asking. I'm praying. I'm seeking. I'm knocking. Open up the door, Lord. Open it in the name of Jesus. Don't you understand that God died for you? You need to start opening up your mouth and stop being insecure in the Lord. Be confident in him. And he will do all things in... Come on. He will give you. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Don't you understand that if you will begin to just be like, be, come on. God is a loving father. He loves you. It shocks me to think that you can walk in the church and say, God doesn't love me. This is why I'm going through everything I'm going through. Don't you understand that there's an enemy that wants to kill you, that wants to destroy you? And maybe that could be the reason why you're going through some stuff. The reason why, if you think about it in the Bible, if you look at Jesus when he was born, they wanted to kill him before he even stepped foot on this earth. Why? Because they knew that there was a vision at the end result and they wanted to snip it right away. What makes you think the enemy won't try to kill you because the vision inside of you is so great that if the enemy allows you to walk on this earth and you begin to understand the purpose you'll start to move on the behalf of God and his blessing over your life why wouldn't he want to kill you don't you understand that there's 50 and thousands and hundreds of people that whenever you speak and speak the glory of God they will come to the they will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ 
The enemy wants to shoot you. He wants to snipe you. He wants to give you more drugs because he knows that once I got him isolated, he knows once I have her isolated and she's not focusing on the vision, I got him. And they're not focusing on that. I'm going to have him focus on the club. I'm going to have him focus in the strip club. I want him to look at the walking dead. I want him to see everything like that because the minute that they start to open up the Bible, they begin to come to prayer. They begin to seek the Lord. Things will begin to happen on behalf of God because it's impossible for the vision not to come forth once you start resting in the oh God Jesus Acts 19.9 says and the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision do not be afraid but go on speaking and do not be silent did you hear me stop being silent you guys are just open up your mouth Act like you're talking to your real mother on this earth. Act like you're talking to your real daddy. You wouldn't have a problem asking him for $50 if you needed it, right? God got all the money. He got all the abundance. My man is rolling large. You have no idea. The Bible says that he owns all the gold and all the silver. Come on. Whatever he speaks become law. So, Lord, I just want you to speak to Calvary. And whatever you speak to Calvary will become law, oh God. And law cannot be broken, if you know that. Law can't be broken. They have to go through all different types of stages and order to even change the law right now so when god speaks nobody can change the law do you understand me he's the highest judge don't you understand and what i hear god saying is nothing but great things over you so what makes you think that the lord wants you to be afraid of him don't be afraid i'm not afraid of my daughter i run to him with running arms my daughter comes to me and she goes daddy that's how you need to run to god daddy come to me daddy i need you daddy i need you in this moment my brother and sister is hurting come and heal them come and save them i want to see my family saved i want to see my people saved i want to see my neighborhood saved it's okay to ask do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. But go on speaking and do not be silent. Some of you need to rip off that tape over your mouth. Don't you understand that the enemy got you all tied up? He got you all tied up and you don't even notice it. He got your mouth all sealed up and you think that you can't pray because you sinned the night before? Shh, open up your mouth. Speak to God. Open it up. Just let it go. Rip it open. Lord, I believe in you. I just need you to be in my life. I'm sorry that I sinned, but come and make it right, Lord. Help me get it right. I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. I don't want to seek the things of the world. I want to seek the things of God. Open up your mouth. Jesus. For the Lord, for the Lord God, there's nothing without revealing his secrets to his servants. There's nothing that God can do without revealing it to you. And that's what I'm trying to tell you. There's no, there's no mystery. People make it so complicated. God is, 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 is a unique thing. He's, he's amazing. But you got to understand that he's not trying to like, oh, you know, you know, I'm going to hide it from her because, you know, I don't want her. He's like, come and get it. The minute you start to seek me, the minute you start to open up your mouth, the minute you begin to praise, I'm going to start revealing myself to you. The Bible says that he releases himself in the praises of his people. So how are you going to tell me that God don't want to be in your life? That means you don't want to be in God. If God is not revealing himself, then you don't want to be in him. But the minute you start to release yourself in God, you begin to see change at your workplace. You begin to see change in your body. You begin to see change in your walk. You start to look different, feel different, walk different. Why? Because you start to become more like the almighty. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a rapper. I want to be like my almighty. I don't want to be like a drug dealer. I want to be like the almighty God. He's powerful. He's excellent. Come on. I just want to be like the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Vision is important. 
Vision is needed. That is why women have a belly bump. Because the world can see that you are about to deliver. We all have to be able to first see it in our spirit. And then we can see it in the physical. You don't see women walking around and you look in their belly and you see the baby. The baby's inside of them. The baby's in, the vision is inside. And what do the women do? They touch their belly. They pray over their belly. They're asking God on behalf of their belly. Lord, I want this child to be blessed. I want this child to be mighty. I want this child to make money. I don't want this child to go through what I got to go through. That's exactly how you got to begin to pray over your vision. Start to pray over your vision the same way. Lord, I know my vision is going to be great. Lord, I know my vision is going to be awesome, God. I know that this result right now, this current situation is not exactly what I need to live in right now. I'm going to start thinking about the future. I'm going to start preparing my future. Come on, start to say it. I'm going to prepare my future. Let's go back to transition. Transition. Transition is a movement. It's a passing through. It's a change from one position to another. Women know exactly what this is. This is when the baby is, is like this, and then the baby begins to... And what, what happens? It pushes against the stuff, and it starts to hurt. It begins to, it begins to hurt. Just me thinking about it right now makes me want to fart. I don't know why. But I don't want to fart in the name of Jesus. What I'm trying to say is that when, when, when there's something happening within you, it begins to bubble up. Some of you are feeling it right now as I'm speaking. You're feeling the bubbling up. That's because the purpose and the vision is starting to turn now. Now it's starting to go from a dormant stage to a stage where it's saying, I'm getting ready to come out of this. I'm getting ready to come out of this belly. I'm sick and tired of being in the inside. It's time for me to come out. It says the analogy I want to focus on However, is the first period of time when a woman is given birth. It's called transition. Transition is generally the shortest part of the labor, lasting about 15, to, uh, 15 minutes to a half an hour or an hour on average. However, this is almost the intense part of the labor. For many women, the major emotional marker for this stage is giving up. Some of you men might know exactly what I'm talking about. This is the part that when you walk into the labor room, the nurses asks you, are you strong enough? I'm looking at men, and they're like, boy, you ain't lying. They ask you right away, because the woman is ready. They're focused. But men, they, you know, we got to make sure that you're, that you're willing to go through this part. Why? Because the majority of them faint. <laughs> women is like, you ain't lying. My husband fell right on the floor. He was out. Some men just be like, I ain't going in there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is the part in the women's stage when they need the encouragement. This is, this is that part in your walk where you need encouragement. When you're about to get into that labor room and start going through that process of pain. And what happens is that now in that process of pain, a lot of church folk begin to run away from you. Because they don't know how to handle the situation. But I'm here to declare that Calvary Christian Fellowship is going to start focusing more on those type of situations. What happens is that now, when the, when the, this part of the process for the woman, this is the part where they need to hold on somebody's hand. This is the part where you might stand and they might curse you out. This is the part when they stand there and they say, I can't do this, I can't, I can't, I can't, it hurts, it's that part of the labor when the man begins to go, uh, uh, I don't think I was ready for this. 
Because we're tough. But when we start to see the supernatural things of God and how they begin to unfold in a pregnancy, we start like, I wasn't ready for this. This is the part of the stage in the woman's walk where they begin to ask for the medication. This is the part of the stage where now you're feeling the pain and you want to go run back to your comfort zone. And what happens is that a lot of us let them go. And we're guilty of this because we just let them go. They're feeling a little discomfort. Okay, well, you know, if you want to go back, it's okay. No, it's not okay. No, it's not okay. The medication could keep them away from the house of God forever. And it's our job to pull out the helping hand and say, don't worry about it. I know you're about to go through a serious trial in your life, but I'm here to hold your hand. I'm here to stand with you in prayer. I'm here to believe with you. I'm here to stand with you. I ain't going to run. I'm not going to get scared. I might need to close my eyes, but I'm going to stand with you anyway. This is the part that when you start to begin the physical signs of transition, including the shaking. The trembling, which may resume into shivering or, or, or could even be stronger. This is when the woman goes through some nauseating uh, symptoms. They go through vomiting or they, you know, they get common signs. In addition to these, some women uh, will feel hot and cold flashes. Other, others will have cold sweats like I'm getting right now. Uh, other women may begin burping and hiccuping as the, as the body begins to prepare. Don't you understand that as you begin to prepare for this deliverance, you're going to start feeling a little funny. You're going to go through some symptoms that you might not have gone through before. Because what happens is that now God is saying, I'm beginning to prepare you for the deliverance in your life. For the deliverance of your vision. And what happens is it gets a little uncomfortable. Another physical sign is the inability to relax or to be comfortable. Some of you are not comfortable because you're in a season of birthing something. You are in a transition position. You can't stand still. You're waking up early. You're sleeping late. You're in a constant meditation towards God. Things that were funny to you are no longer funny. You are buckling down and getting on your knees. You're starting to get thirsty again. You can't find a quieter place to play and read the word, sing praises, or even to seek his face. God has you in an uncomfortable position. You can't settle. You have to find a position to help you deal with the pains. The first stage of contractions. It's the pain, it's the doubt, and the cloudiness. This is why they teach us to be encouragers for the women when they begin to start the labor. Why? Because the pain that they feel hurts. The pain that you're feeling right now hurts. Some of you are dealing with trauma in the family. Some of you are dealing with life issues. Some of you are dealing with sickness. Some of you are dealing with financial struggles. There is a pain that you're feeling right now. And what happens is that God sent me to be your encourager. I'm here to encourage you, to let you know that this is not the end result. This is not what it's going to be. Don't you understand that this is just a temporary thing? We're getting ready to transition, to flip over, to get ready to come out. So the first stage begins with, with some small irregular contractions known as the early stage. And as the contractions get stronger and more regular, the body begins to get ready to push out the baby. Just as when a woman is in transition stage of labor, the Christian church worldwide is in the transition stage of its life on earth. Of his life on earth. Transition is commonly looked at the shortest but the most difficult phase of giving birth. Somebody say amen. Women, do you remember this? 
Do you, are you getting like a flashback of what this felt like? You might not, you, you might not remember right now, but I'm, I'm going to keep speaking into that. I'm going to go deeper. Christians, many of us have been going through some tough times. We're facing life trials, maybe health issues, family traumas, family traumas. Many are also wondering why they are struggling in areas where they normally will cope. Some of you are dealing with, 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 with stuff that you thought you was delivered from a long time ago. And now you're just struggling with it. Because you're getting ready. Oh, God. You're getting ready to go through that labor process. That labor process that helps you go into this season of breakthrough. Oh, God. Psalms 34, 18 says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. If you are one of those that are crushed in the spirit, the Lord is telling you today that he wants to heal you. He wants to love on you. He wants to hug you. Are you allowing him to do that? Are you allowing him to come into your situation? Come into the place where you're hurting the most? Are you allowing God to do that? Selah. Romans 8.18 says, For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be, be that is to be revealed to us. Don't you understand that when women go through a labor, they're dealing with contractions that hurt, but they're looking at the end result. They're not focusing on the pain. Well, maybe at that moment they are, but they're also thinking about that the minute that this pain is over, I know I'm going to see something beautiful, something that I love, something that is great. And I'm here to tell you that if you're feeling pain, now you got to start focusing on what is beautiful, what is getting ready to come out what is ready to happen in your life are you focusing on the things that are current or focusing on the things that are about to happen in your life what are you focusing on what is your constant meditation are you focused on the negativity in the bank account or are you focused on the fact that God is about to get ready to bless you with that new job with that new raise with that new breakthrough are you focusing on what God is getting ready to do in your life somebody say hallelujah Don't you understand that that pain only lasts for a moment? Weeping may last for a moment, but joy cometh in the morning. There's joy coming in your life. There's joy coming in your morning. Somebody begin to shout and say, God, I'm ready for my breakthrough. I'm getting ready to go into a position where I'm able to do something about my situation. For a season, you were quiet and mute. For a season, you were just letting it happen. You were letting yourself get hit in the spirit. The enemy was having his way. He was kicking you. Stone Cold Stunner, RKO, little sharpshooter here and there, a little twist and turn, a little knockout UFC. But now you're getting ready to get into a position where it's your turn to start fighting back. Amen? It's your turn to start hitting that enemy that has been hitting you. Now, in this part of the labor and the woman, this is when they go through the pain and they're going through the contractions and the walls begin to open up is when the doctor begins to look at you and say, okay, now you're ready to push. Now you're ready to start delivering this thing. And I'm here to let you know that now the walls are open. God has broken them down. We've been circling around for seven weeks. We've been asking God for seven weeks. Lord, have your way in us. Now I'm letting you know that the the walls is about to break. Do you believe it? Are you listening? the, The walls are about to break. We're walking around that last lap, and the walls is getting ready to break. Are you going to go through victory like this, or are you going to go to victory just thanking God, praising him, and giving him the power? Come on. What exactly are you going to look like? Act like your breakthrough is right in front of you. Are you going to walk like this, or are you going to walk like, Lord, I know I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Come on, what, 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 are you, what are you trying to look like when you, when you knock the dude out? Don't you understand that the enemy has been having his way? 
He had 29 years to try to destroy me. Now I'm going to have the rest of my life being a victorious overcomer. And come on now, you're not listening. Now is when I got it. I finally see it. I'm like, yeah, this is why you see the suit, the tiny shoes. Because I'm like, Lord, I know I'm supposed to live like this. I'm not supposed to live like how they told me I was going to live. Now I'm going to live in abundance. Now I'm going to live in the promise. Now I'm going to live in standing in God. You're not listening. I'm trying to let you know that what they told you you was going to be. If they said you was going to be nobody, God said he was going to make you somebody. If they said you couldn't do it, God says, I know I can do it. If you believe in God, then everything you set your mind to, you can do all things through him who gives you the strength to overcome. And this is not only for you. I'm talking in the spirit realm to the enemy. And I'm giving him notice that you can't stop Calvary Christian Fellowship because we're now fighting back against the enemy to try to destroy our children, try to destroy our promise, try to destroy our blessing. Now we're going to start fighting back. I'm telling you, you're not going to have your way. God is going to have his way. You better run up out of here because we're giving you notice that you cannot fight against us. We're fighting not on our own, but with the power of God. Come on. Psalms 44, 5, 7 says, through you, we push down our enemies. Through who? Through God. You can do all things. I'm trying to tell you, you can do all things if you got God on your side. If you got God on your side, oh man, you are a bad man. I'm bad in the spirit because I know that you might not see the muscles, but in my spirit, oh Lord Jesus, I'm macho man. I'm Hulk Hogan. I'm all types of stuff that are bad. You can't stop me in the spirit because I'm praying not on my strength, but on the strength says the Lord. I'm praying with the strength of God. It says through your name, we will trample those who rise up against us. Don't you understand that there's people rising up against your vision? There's people rising up against your promise. I'm telling you that if you're not having haters around you, then you're not doing something right. Something is happening bad in your life. If you don't have a a person or a people standing up trying to kill you, trying to destroy you, then you're not doing something right. Don't you understand that the enemy will only attack those who are effective, those who have purpose, those who have vision? The Bible says that the Lord prepareth a table for me in the faces of my enemies, in the faces of my haters. So when I, like I said on Friday, I see God preparing the table for me right now. He's laying the tablecloth. He's bringing the butter. He's bringing the cranberry sauce. He's bringing the turkey. He's bringing benil. He's bringing the mashed potatoes. He's bringing the potato salad. Because I believe that I'm getting ready to eat right in front of my haters. You don't understand. I'm going to eat right in front of you. I'm going to get nice and fat because when I was skinny, you were getting fat. Now I'm going to get fat in the spirit. I'm getting ready to eat. Come and bring my bib. I'm going to put my bib on and I'm going to tear up this meal in the faces of my enemy. You can't stop me, devil. Don't you understand that the enemy is trying to destroy you? You need to go and get your fork. Go and get your blotto. Go and get your spoon and begin to eat in the faces of your enemies. Woo! Woo! You're not going to have your way. I'm telling you, you're not. 
So I'm going to get ready. I'm going to get focused because now it's my time to push. You punch me in my face, but now I get to cock you real nice, boy. Now I get to hit you real good. Don't you understand? You gave me a little limp, but I'm going to give you a knockout blow. You're not going to get up from this one. You're going to wish you never would mess with me. You're going to wish you never had your way with me. Now I'm going to have my way with you. Now I'm going to have my way with you. And I'm going to fight back against you, devil. I'm going to stand up on the promises. I'm going to speak the word. I'm going to last on the word. I'm telling you, Lord. Woo! Shaking this place. Father, Lord. It says, look, look, look. Wait, wait. It says, for I know not. So I will not, I will not trust in my bow. Don't you understand that I don't need no gun? I don't need no knife. I don't need no bodyguard. All I need is the word of the Lord to fight on my behalf. And I can be an overcomer. I can be more than a conqueror in Jesus Christ with the weapons woo, that are not carnal, but mighty through Jesus for the pulling down of strongholds. I can pull them down with God. You trying to sell me a gun? Keep it. I got my weapons of warfare. I got my tongue that I can speak life and death out of. And devil, I'm speaking death into you now. I'm speaking life into the body, death into the enemy. Who wants to stand with me? Begin to praise. Oh, have your way, Jesus. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way, Jesus. Break the chain. Break the chain. Break the chain. I'm trying to preach fire into you. I'm trying to preach fire into you. Don't you understand that God uses the foolish things to confound the wise? He's using the word of God to confound your wisdom. Your wisdom don't matter when the Bible is preached. When the gospel is preached, can't no demon be around it. Say to your neighbor, I'm ready to eat. I'm ready to eat. Hallelujah. Come and give me my meal. I want my steak. I want all of that for me because I struggled for a while, but I stood. I stood on the promise. I stood in my prayer. I stood in my asking. I stood in my knocking. I stood in my seeking. Now it's time for me to get my reward. Hallelujah. Reward come out. Reward come out. Reward come out. Reward come out. Reward come out in the name of Jesus. Some of you might not like the yelling, but when there's passion involved, woo, watch out. When you are passionate about the things of God, the enemy can't be around you. He tries to get close in the force field of the glory of God that's upon you. He can't penetrate that. He can't penetrate your praises. He can't penetrate your prayer time. He can't penetrate your worship time. If you begin to open up your mouth, stop being silent, start to ask God, I bet you that you will start having glorious days. If you do not have any enemies, you're doing something wrong. God said that he will prepare a table for you in the faces of your enemy. In the faces of your enemy. It says this. Look, look, look. This is, this is the part where I get, I get stirred up. Because when, when I was up here and Tony was about to begin to start worshiping, they called me to the back to go talk to Pastor Gwen. And I know that Pastor Gwen thought that she was talking to me about, you know, don't worry about what we were talking about. But what happened was, that's between me and her. What happened was that as she began to speak, she said something that, whoo, 
Oh, my God. It stirred me up because it, it, it fulfills what exactly this verse says. It says, but if you serve, you serve your God. And he will bless your food and your water. I'll get rid of the sickness among you. There won't be any miscarriages nor barren women in your land. Don't you hear that? That when you stop, drop, when you drop everything, you say yes, God, and you begin to serve God, and you begin to say yes to God and no to the people, don't you understand that there will be no sickness among you? That there will be no sickness around you? I'm going to take you there. It says, and there won't be any miscarriages. The enemy, if you serve God, the enemy cannot stop your vision. No miscarriages. Some of you not, might not know what that is. That means that they lose the baby. They lose the vision. God says that if you serve him, you will not lose that. What? I said that if you serve him, you will not lose that. You know what's that? Pastor Glenn started talking to me. She says, you know what I want to see? I want to see this church move in signs and wonders. That there won't be any sickness in this church. That there won't be any cancer in this church. That there won't be any lame in this church. That whoever walks through those doors will not be crippled. Will not be in a wheelchair. That as they walk in, they'll start to walk. Oh my God, because this presence of the God will be here. Because we're serving the Lord. So if they can't hear, they'll begin to hear. If they can't see, they'll begin to see. Because we're serving the Lord. That doesn't excite you? Don't you want to see the signs and wonders? Aren't you tired of sitting there and going to boring old church? Why don't you want to come to a church that the minute somebody comes in a wheelchair, they just, boom, get up and start running and praising God? Wouldn't you want to see that? Wouldn't you want to see that? Wouldn't you want to see that you can walk to a street corner and somebody's walking like this and all you got to do is say in the name of Jesus, I command you to walk straight, bang, boom, head on the bullshit because you're, you're serving God. You know what's that? When you serve God, he will bless your water. He will bless your food. It goes back to that testimony that she spoke about in there in Bible studies. She said, Ma, her mom was focusing on the refrigerator. She was focusing on her situation instead of focusing on the blessing. And what happens is that you always get somebody to come and remind you that you're focusing on the wrong thing. That's me this morning. I'm telling you, you're focusing on the wrong thing. Stop looking at the situation. Don't look at the finances. Don't look at anything. Start to look at the promise. Look at the promise that if you're praying for your husband, you got to see your husband on fire. If you're praying for your spouse, you got to see your spouse on fire. If you're praying for healing, you got to see them healed. Because it starts in here, then it comes out there. Don't you understand that the baby begins to form right there? In this, come on, it's forming. He got ears. Don't, does that bug you out, a baby coming out of a woman? That's exactly what's happening inside of you right now. Your vision is starting to form. God is beginning to prepare you. And you're like, oh, ooh, eh, I can do it. I can do it. No, I can't. No, I can't. Push. And then you begin to push. Some of you don't have the strength to push. So let me help you. I say push in the name of Jesus. I say I command you to push. I say push in the spirit. Come on, open your mouth. Push, 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 push. Whatever situation it is, begin to push it out. Come on, Lord, I believe it. 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 Push, 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 push in the name of Jesus. You see, the third stage now, after the pain and the contractions, and after you struggled, after you struggled to try to get it out. Now comes the part 
which is the expectation. It's the expectation. Some of you live life and don't expect anything good to come out of it. That's not healthy. That's when, that's when the enemy got you all bound up. Because if you wake up and don't expect for something to happen, something, something, and then you got you to gotta ask yourself, what am I praying? Am I praying for nothing? Because if I'm going to pray for something, the Bible says that whatever you ask for by faith, you shall receive it. So if I'm asking for breakthrough in my marriage, I'm expecting breakthrough in my marriage. If I'm praying for a job, I'm expecting to get a job. If we're praying for a church with fire, then expect a church with fire. James 12, I mean, James 1, 2, 4 says, and I'm going to close it out. I'm going to close it out. James 1, 2, 4 says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. What you're dealing with and what you've been going through has been preparing you. Because I remember... All the nights that I slept in staircases, I remember all the nights when I didn't get a hug during the holidays. I remember the days that I didn't get a Christmas gift. I remember the times that I worked my butt off and I didn't even get a thank you. But it's through all of that, through all the discomfort of my life, through the upbringing, you know, all the times that I felt like I wasn't going to make it, all the times that I felt like I couldn't go on. All of that is because God knew that that was going to, it was going to take all of that to make you strong in this season. In this season. Because if you didn't go through what you went through, you wouldn't be able to stand right now. So everything that you went through was building character. It was building leadership within you. It was giving you qualities that you thought you couldn't have. And now God is saying, now you're in a season of expectation. That that vision that you have inside of becoming a businessman, of owning a business, of having a strong marriage, of having a, a gift that you can come and bring to the church, all of those visions, God is saying, everything that you've been through, is because right now it's time for come out. You know, on Friday when I preached this message, some people heard it twice. But thank you for your faithfulness because I know that it touched, it touched you in a different way. I feel it in a different way. Um, I was praying and I was, um, as pastor was talking, he was talking about Samuel's mom, which is Hannah. And I showed him to him when he came back to his seat and Tony yelled at me through the microphone. 
because I was so excited to hear that I was in the spirit and that I heard it. He said it to you guys in a different way, but I'm going to give it to you how God gave it to me. The story. You see, when you come to Calvary Christian Fellowship, you come and you fellowship and you rejoice with us. But you don't know what some of these leaders had to endure to come up to this point in Calvary Christian Fellowship. You have no idea. And I started to pray and I started to ask God. I said, Lord, I want to give a word for the body. He said, I'm going to give it to you for the body. I gave it to you for the body. But I'm also going to give it to you for the leaders that's been standing from the beginning of the vision. They had to deal with the pain. They had to deal with the frustration, with the people laughing at them. Just like Hannah. Hannah was all alone. People were running around her. Her rival kept going in her face with her belly all pregnant. You know, just belly high fives and everything. And Hannah's sitting there like, my womb is shut. Had no vision. Because the women of of old, they knew that their true purpose was to have, was to give birth. They knew that once they had pregnant, they was going to start doing what God has destined them to do. Because they believed that every single baby that was coming out of them was supposed to be like the, the deliverer. was supposed to be like the Jesus. So they knew that once they got pregnant, they was going to have a vision, a purpose, finally. And a lot of us have been running around just like Hannah, feeling like God has been overlooking you because you've been standing in prayer. You've been asking God for the promise, and you still haven't got it. And that's exactly how the leaders were in the church. You know, you know what's that for a church to go through a fire? And then have to transition from one avenue all the way to the Bronx? Losing members that are faithful? You think that's simple? You think that's easy? You know how long this feels, that process? And yet they come on a Sunday service, on a Tuesday, on a Friday, on a Wednesday, and they serve you with excellence? And they smile because they're standing on a promise? You know how many people made fun of them? You know how many people laughed at them because they said, come on, man, God forgot about Calvary Christian Fellowship. They walking around with their big old churches. They got their church vans rolling. People are tithing. People are doing everything great. And here we are on Calvary Christian Fellowship, fellowshipping in an auditorium in a school. But we're stand, they were standing on a promise. They were standing on a promise. And then they go from an auditorium into another church, renting for years until we had enough. To buy what you see today. You know, sometimes we take advantage of the price people pay for us to rejoice. You know, growing up, I always said, Mom, you didn't do enough. But I didn't look at her situation. I didn't look at everything that she had to deal with while we were growing up. My dad cheating on her. My life left her. She started dealing with drug issues. She started falling to the wayside. But I can really say truly and honestly today that my mom did the best that she could. A lot of people come and they make fun of Calvary. They come in here. They talk about our leaders. But you don't know the price that they're paying just for I can have a way to do what I'm doing today. 